Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about, well, the perfect tree stand. Um, basically, a lot of it is, is placement and, you know, what to look for, how to set it up, how to, you know, all of it. We're going to go through all of it. If you stick around to the end, we're going to have the five, like top five uh, seeds you want to plant for your food plot. We're going to, you know, get you all the info. So. Kind of just want to jump right into it. I mean, it's really a lot of us when we go hunting. Um, well, one, some of you guys are new to hunting, and and that's maybe you know why you're watching the you know stuff on this. But when you first do it, it can be overwhelming, and you wonder, hey, why am I not seeing the deer? Why are you know where are they? Where do they go all day? I only see them at night on my trail cam. You know what can I do to make sure that I have the best hunt that you know, I can get, and that's really, you know, what it comes down to. And, and, you know, I've only really gotten into, you know, going out and doing this. I've kind of taken the easy road of, of hunting the kind of haphazard, uh, get lucky kind of thing in the past. And I've been getting a lot more serious into it in the last two seasons. And I, I've reached out to a lot of my buddies and, and a lot of people and, and really, you know, sought out some of the things that we can do to up our game and I got some good ideas for you. And like I said, I I've implemented a lot of these this year and, and it seems to be making some big changes. So anyway, first thing, uh, access you want to, well, you want to be able to set up a tree stand where you can get in and out without disrupting the deer. And that's the biggest thing. So many people have a crappy hunt because they scare all the deer away 
before they even get started. And mm-hmm. you go out and sit there, and the deer are like, yeah, screw you. I, I know all about where you are. I know all about the noises you made, and right. I don't want any part of it. So you want to make sure that, you know, that you're downwind from where, you know, you're, you're ending up looking to, to be shooting at. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that you can get in without walking through where the deer are going to be. Right. I mean, that that's the crucial thing is you don't want to come walking through right where you want to be shooting them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, that's huge. So, and can you get in quietly? Um, you know, are you going to be walking through four feet of, uh, you know, thick leaves in order to get there? These are things you need to be able to lay out and decide. Um, you know, where I hunt is on my own property. So it's nice. I can have a place where I know I can go in and cut the grass short one to keep the smell down. Um, if the grass is short, when I walk through it, I'm not leaving my scent all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, you know, is it somewhere that like I ended up, I cut like a nice one, you know, trail to it, but also you need to make sure, Hey, there's not a big pile of leaves right at the base of it that you're going to be all crunch, crunch and, and the sticks and all that making all kinds of noise when you go to climb in. Um, so is it somewhere you can rake out now, even on private land, you can still kind of rake out an area and, or sorry, on state land or something, you mm-hmm. can, you know, rake out an area to be able to access it and be a little quieter, but you know, these are all things you want to take into account. Um, all right. Number two, uh, you know, is there movement? Um, and what I mean by that are, are, are there deer there, right? That, that's kind of important. Uh, so you right. need to set up, you know, around a deer path. You need to set up in a spot where there's going to be some traffic, um, you know, water, a waterway or um, something where there's going to be some incentive. You know, you're between a, a water area and a food plot or you know, or is it the food plot, you know, that kind of thing, you need to find somewhere the deer are going to be. So you need to set up some cameras. You need to look for signs of deer, obviously. And you're going to set up your cameras there and you're going to kind of hang out in that area. Now, when I selected my spot, I mean, I also look for where am I going to have access? You know, where can I shoot and, and good. And then, all right, where are the deer coming through here? You know, are there deer here? are there trails and they come all through my property and I was able to find, you know, kind of the perfect spot. Um, now, yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you this. A lot of people uh, debate on, um, on, on having shooting lanes or having an open area. Um, I'm not sure where I come down on this. I'm not sure uh, there, there's a, a set thing. I know most of the people I talk to prefer shooting lanes rather than uh than a more of an open area an open field well all right so it kind of depends uh like you can kind of get the young buck who's you know out there and whatever but the old giant he's not hanging out in the big field too often Mm -hmm. um you don't you don't see the big monster buck just hanging out in the middle of a field you might in the middle of the night you know, when you're driving by the cornfields in your car and you're like, hey, there's a big buck sitting right there. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, 
but in the daylight, not too often. Um, they're a lot more likely to be in the cover. So the thing is with a shooting lane, what it typically entails is you end up having a, uh, a, um, hang on one second. All right. With a shooting lane, you end up having the, uh, this, the false sense of security. Mm-hmm. Now they're not stupid. Um, anybody who's been out there hunting for a while, you know how hard it is to see that big buck when you're out there waiting. Mm-hmm. And it's not an accident that they're not there. Um, you know, it, it's all these factors. They're pretty smart. And so the big bucks know you're after them and they're going to stay in that more concealed area. So having a thinner shooting lane, you're going to have the opportunity to shoot, but they still still will feel reasonably protected by having more stuff around them. And that's, uh. that's why that's a benefit. Um, obviously, if you can see 10 acres, then that opens up your opportunity way more. You can kind of even move into position. Whereas right. when you know you can't see it, you don't know what's out there. All of a sudden the buck pops out, you know, from the side. So mm-hmm. that's something to take into account. Um, the next thing, like the perfect tree, right? So just something sturdy, something that you can be up and out of the way. And obviously that's going to give you a clear view and unobstructed. Also to be able to see things coming in from different angles, that's going to be huge. You know, um, mm-hmm. so many times, uh, a lot of times, you know, a deer will get spooked and, and they'll notice you there. You know, hopefully if you're in a good covered stand, you know, people have these nice with the walls and the, the roof and the little, you know, window slot. Right. Yeah, right. You're a lot more protected and there's a lot less chance that that deer is going to spot you. However, the uh, when you're just out there, that deer might smell you. He might see you. He might, you know, just catch anything. And you need to know he's coming. And that's one of the things. So if you can see him approaching through the woods or you have an idea that he's coming because you're listening. I know I use, uh, I have that, like, uh, I think it's Walker hearing protection has like a mic in it where, you know, so it, it basically has the noise canceling when you shoot, but you can hear mm-hmm. otherwise. Um, I gotta say that seems like a big advantage for me when I'm out in the woods. I know I can hear, you know, everything way out and I'm hearing those little footfalls and you hear like every little thing and it's like, Oh, there he is. You know, but Mm -hmm. when you don't have something like that, you don't hear it and you don't know, you don't know what's going on out there. So that's, you know, that's a little iffy. Um, so that's something you want to, uh, you know, be aware of is, you know, you need to know that they're coming. Um, and you know, anything you can do to kind of give you a bigger picture is going to help. Um, now there are certain things that you can, uh, do to make your area more exciting, right? More inviting to the deer. Um, so that's where, you know, a food plot might come in. Now I know there's some States out there where you can't do that kind of thing. And, you know, you have the salt licks and you have the, you know, going out and throwing feed or you can have a feeder and, and that kind of thing. Um, 
you know, all these things are awesome. Uh, they have feeders that will just feed in the daytime to kind of teach them to be not to be nocturnal. Right. Which, good luck with that, you know. But, yeah, that's – I mean, that's the dream, right? If you can get them out there, hey, I'd like to come out around 10 o'clock or something in the morning or, you know, even – after you have you your have first your, cup of coffee and right, that's it. Now, yeah. typically, that sounds like cheating, though. Yeah, it does. Um, most places, like where I am, and I, I assume everywhere I've ever been, usually the rule is you can shoot a half hour before sunrise or a half hour after sunset. You know, up to then. And so, anyway, having a, you know, so if you had your feeder go off like right at sunrise that might be, you know, a good thing that they could get used to. And, and you might be able to kind of train them to be up to something like that. Um, but also planning a food plot. Now, uh, I did mention, I would throw out some uh, top uh, food seeds for your, your food plot. So I would say number one, the number one go-to for deer is going to be corn. Mm-hmm. You love corn right. and they love corn on the cob. If you can throw that out there, one, it's going to last because they'll just chew the hell out of that thing forever. Um, <clears throat> obviously growing it is, is what you want, but if you, you know, if you can't grow it, if you're just throwing some corn out there, that may be a little shady. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Now New York, you guys can't feed, uh, New York, you can't do anything. You have to. You actually actually have to run out into the woods and wrestle the deer to the ground and bite its throat out. No weapons at all. No, no knife, no gun, not allowed anything in New York. You can use nunchucks. So, I mean, if that's something you think is going to work, yeah. But that's about it. New York is a little bit tricky. I mean, there's, you know, there is a lot of uh, a lot of hunting in upstate New York. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna malign. New York state, we've got a lot of white-tailed deer up here and a lot of, uh, you you know, a lot of, uh, good hunting up here, but they, they do, they do have a lot of, a lot more restrictions than a a lot of places do. Nope. Not exactly. So anyway, so corn, number one, uh, soybeans, turnips, uh, peas, alfalfa. Yeah. Alfalfa is a Um, big one. You know, Chestnuts and acorns, that's a little different. You know, the trees, if you got right. the time, you're going to be making a commitment, you know, for that one. Yeah, you might have to find find those places first those and then places, kind of build right. your, your area around that. Um, um, yeah, I know they're, they're big on clover. You know, if you've got a big open area where you can go, you know, clover won't grow unless it's got, you know, unless it's got plenty of sun and water. So, I mean, it's not, you're going to be in a more open area. Uh, with clover, but I mean, a, a lot of those things are the same way, you know, um, you've got, you've got corn, you've got alfalfa, like you were saying, you know, you're right. most places you can plant those things and they're just going to be good on their own. Right. You're not going to have to uh, do a whole lot of work on them once you get them in the ground and get them going. Right. No, that's it. And, you know, and, and there are things that are going to bring in all kinds of wildlife and, and just make your hunt more exciting. So that's, you know, definitely a way to be. Um, the other thing you can do is throw a watering hole there. Um, that's something me and the wife are always debating about, uh, a small watering hole would be awesome. Uh, if you can do that kind of thing. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, you can just throw those like Rubbermaid buckets. And if you have a way that you can keep it full or that kind of thing, 
that's awesome. And you can really, uh, you know, attract the deer that way. Uh, now let's talk about mistakes. What, what could you do wrong that could be scaring away the deer? And yeah. that's, you, you know, stink that's up a whole place. other thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, um, I mean, I hear a lot of, a lot of the time with stands, you want to get those set up enough, far enough ahead of time that the, uh, the smell is going to be off the stand. Um, oh, yeah. You know, because there's going to be paint, there's going to be different things, and just manhandling, you know, with it with your hands, it's going to get smell all over it. So you want right. it to to air out a little bit and and be set out out there for a while, so this the smell kind of dissipates. Right. No, that's. I mean, that's definitely a thing. Um. So that that's you know I had mentioned in the in the beginning of this episode was that one of the things that people do is they'll go out and they'll kind of walk around the area or they'll go out and throw out food or different things. You don't want to do that. Um, I mean, you want food there, but you don't want to attract, you know, spread your scent around. You don't want to touch things. You don't want to, you know, now think about it. Like I, I see guys get uptight, like, Oh, you touched your trail camera. You should be wearing gloves or whatever. That may be an overreaction. Um, mm -hmm. If you put your finger on your trail camera, can a deer come up and sniff your trail camera and be like, hey, a man touched that? Yeah, they can. But are they going to smell your fingerprint on that trail camera from 15 feet away? No, they're not. They're not going to smell it. They're not going to know. So that's just ridiculous. Don't over, you know, react to that kind of thing. Um, but... And I, I wonder about like having those scent blockers on your boots and your legs when you walk in. Yeah, that kind of would help. But remember, you're still up in your tree stand. You're breathing. You're doing all this stuff. You can only do so much. Now, everything you do to limit your scent is going to help. But I think once you're up in your safe place kind of thing, you're reasonably okay. And it just kind of is what it is at that point. However, you know, when you're coming in, you do want to be absolute minimum, you know, of what kind of scent you're giving off and whatever. And what I mean by that is just don't touch things. Just go in, get where you need to be, be as quiet and quick as possible. Um, now, in the day, people are like, well, I don't see any bucks in the day. They're never there. They're on my trail cam at night. And like I mentioned earlier, they're smart. They don't want to come out and they're going to be in that cover. Um, that's where some of your calls and, and, you know, uh, antlers, that kind of thing, you can bring them out a little bit, but you also need to be alert and you need to be, you know, need to be paying attention and you need people. I, it's funny. One of the things I heard when I was talking to a buddy of mine, he's like, look, he goes, the problem is people are looking for deer. And by the time you see a deer, it's going to be too late. So you need to kind of learn the sounds that deer make. You need to listen. Um, watch a video or two on, on, you know, deer noises and kind of learn to recognize the noises that you're hearing in the woods. So you have an idea what's coming and don't look for deer, but look for movement. You need to be just any kind of movement in the woods and you'll just see that little bit, you know, just a little something. And I'm not saying be the guy who's just shooting off randomly into the woods, 
Yeah, that's yeah. There not, are a lot of those guys. Um, not, not yeah. right. Oh, there's movement. Shoot. Yeah. You know, um, I had a, a friend of mine that was a paramedic and they said they had an issue. They had to go out in the woods and, and get a guy out of there because he was taking a shit in the woods. And somebody saw that toilet paper and just shot him right in the ass. Um, not you are. really the best trigger discipline if, if that's that was enough to, to get you to pull the trigger. But yeah, exactly. If you can't see what you're shooting, you got a problem. Um, that would definitely be a hunting mistake. Um, mm-hmm. um, again, on the flip side, I know where you are, Kevin, uh, a couple of years back, it's about five, six years ago, probably about five years ago. One of the uh, department of environmental protection guys got shot mm-hmm. and the guy was trying to sneak up on hunters to catch them poaching. Mm. And turns out trying to be extra sneaky in the woods and sneaking up on people with guns, maybe not the best move. Yeah, maybe not the smartest thing. But again, on the flip side, not the best move to uh, to Poach. shoot at anything when you can't see <laughs> yeah. yeah, or be poaching animals, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's probably an issue. So that's something you want to think out. Um, I don't know. That's, you know... It's just one of those things, right? Um, another thing would be don't uh, people will take the shot and they jump down to track the animal. You know, if they, they, they take a shot and the deer doesn't drop right away and they go run off to go get it, you know, and go, mm-hmm. go oh, I got to get him before he disappears. Well, guess what? Right. If he's hauling ass, he's already going to disappear. They'll run like a quarter mile half you know it they'll go so you need to pay attention but you need to just wait and just be patient and calm and just wait and get that's why i'm never gonna be a a hunter i'm never gonna be a good hunter man i i cannot sit in one spot being quiet not doing anything for more than about five six minutes before i start losing my mind i'm never gonna be good at this you know I may get yeah. a few rabbits and squirrels, but that's that's about it. Yeah, no, exactly. It, and that's more and more. I mean, I know when I went out, like, the first time, like, uh, getting, well, I think the first thing I was ever really shooting, I, I guess there were squirrels and rabbits as a kid. But then, uh, you know, I'd get into, like, woodchucks, and it kind of was a slow slow process, slow right? Yeah. And, and then, you know, and then foxes and deer and, I guess it went deer, foxes, whatever, but you feel your heart like start to race when you've never done it before. And, and this isn't everybody. Some people are just calm and cool. Right. But sometimes man, that deer walks out and your heart's just pounding through your chest and you're like, <gasps> you know, like all excited right. and ready and, and, and your heart's just going and you're like, wow. And then bugging out and it's like, ah, and, and you're like, Oh, how could somebody miss a deer? Well, it, and, and that's where time comes in, right? That's where that time in the stand, you know, when that deer shows up and, and pops out, you're like, oh, I'm wound up. But you know what? That's a doe. It's okay. He's not the big monster buck. So I can calm down the next time, whatever. Or if you're out there, I hear deer. I hear that. My heart will race a little bit and then it'll calm down. And just the more and more you want, you learn to control it. You learn to control your breathing. But two, you're like, hey, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. This isn't the most exciting thing that's ever happened. It's going to be okay. Although hunting is awesome, right? I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's why we're out there. 
that and because you get to fill your freezer, which is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, now, uh, yeah, go ahead. Now, we were talking about, um, about tree stands. Um, you were talking about, uh, you know, like uh, constructing one, building one yeah. yourself out there. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people that do that. I, um, but you know, there's a, there's a, something to be said about those portable tree stands, something that's yeah. easy to set up and move around. Yeah. Um, and you know, I know a lot of people that, that, you know, they'll own a big piece of property and they'll have four or five permanent tree stands, yeah. which is, you know, which is, is fine. Um, but it seems to me that the portable ones would be better. You know what I mean? Year to year, there's going to be different areas of the property that are going to be more, uh, that are going to be more, uh, more apt to have deer going through. And, uh, you know, those long, you know, those building those big, you know, nice warm ones where you could set up a, a, a little heater in there or whatever, have a nice little warm spot. Those don't seem, um, it seems like a lot of money and a lot of effort, uh, well, to get those going. It, it is. And it, it isn't. Um, I mean, it depends what you do. The, the regular tree stands, they can be reasonably cheap. The big thing is, is a lot of guys want something that's going to cover them, you know, a blind, right. Where mm-hmm. they're going to be able to be hidden. Um, like you had mentioned, getting those established and in place early on, if you can, if it's your property, if you can make it like a more permanent thing, so you're not out there throwing something up, you know, while the deer are, are hanging out. So that that's kind of the thing. Um, believe it or not, like you said, the same stand is not always the right stand. Um, so it's different. It's just nighttime and morning where you want to be. Um, Mm -hmm. so at nighttime deer are heading out to the food plot and looking for that kind of thing. Um, in the morning you want to be by where they're like sleeping and bedding areas and Mm -hmm. where they're coming out of. So you might set up multiple, uh, you know, spots on the property and, you know, it depends on the time and the weather and the temperature, all this stuff. Also, believe it or not, wind conditions, uh, where it's blowing your scent can make a big difference in where you want to be. And, you know, having yourself too close to, you know, if the wind's blowing right at at the food plot or, you know, whatever you have set up, then you're just asking for trouble when you're there and it's going to keep fighting you. Uh, Again, you might get a young buck, you might get some does that, you know, they're young and naive and they'll just come out anyway. You can always get lucky. But to get that like monster buck, you got to start to pay attention to all these things. All these factors come into play. Now, again, I know people are like, oh, well, I see deer all the time when I'm driving my car. And and mm-hmm. I get that. But it's not, <coughs> excuse me, not necessarily, you know, going to be the same as as the other stuff. So it's something to pay attention to. Um, let me see what else, uh, scrapes, uh, you could set up a a scrape. Now you're like, well, what is that? What I don't understand. Okay. So now a scrape, what people will do is they'll hang a vine or a stick kind of in the trail of the path where the deer are walking through. And you just put it around kind of nose level 
And you can even go like a little low so that younger deer can reach it and whatever. But believe it or not, they'll come over and sniff it and like rub up against it and just see who's been in the area. Um, you kind of, you know, start that off, put a little scent on it um, to kind of get the ball rolling. But once that goes through, once a few deer go through, it'll keep building from time to time. And you can look on, on YouTube or whatever and see exactly how to set one up and how to position it. But things like that and sense will keep bringing more and more deer back into your area. And this stuff really builds and it really makes a real connection with the animals. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you want to, you know, learn more. We're going to do some more videos about this kind of stuff. You may want to, you know, like, and subscribe and, you know, that kind of thing. You guys will, you know, if you support the podcast, that helps us out. Support the YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you, you know, make sure you guys leave reviews and do that kind of thing. You know, we're always looking for feedback. Now, if yeah. you guys would take your best ideas and best things you're, you've got to attract the deer, if you're willing to share those ideas, I'd love if you put them in the comments and, you know, let us know some of the things that have worked for you. You know, obviously I don't know everything, mm -hmm. um, but you know, you need and if to, you've got a, if you've yeah. got a stand that you're proud of that you like, you know, post it on Facebook. I'd love to see everybody's setup, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a Walmart special or, uh, you know, something that you built, you know, over the summer on your own, you know, with your, with your bare hands, like doing man stuff. Whatever it is, I'd love to see these uh, these setups that you guys got. Right. And that's that's one of the things is just so you guys um, like I actually I, I set up a stand and it works and it, it's, you know, doing the job. But now that I've actually had some time out there and kind of done a little more research, you know, I, I realized, hey, I would be so much better to put my stand here. The big thing was. I didn't know where the deer were coming in and out of. Um, right. I didn't have the time to kind of plan it out. And then once I started putting time in the stand and started seeing the movement of the deer and seeing what's going on, I was like, Oh, you know, I really need to be over here. And it changed that whole setup. Right. It takes um, a few years, even, even with your own property, it takes a few years to really get a, get an idea of where, I know this is a, a new spot for you. I mean, you right. you've been been down south for just a, a year years. or two now, and and uh, yeah, now it's you know it takes some time to really get get an idea of how they're how they're moving, where they're coming through, and you know that'll change year to year too. Right. I mean, that's it. Now I know where they're bedding down and and whatever, and you know what their hangout is. But that's you know it took time. And setting up some cameras and, and, you know, spy point makes those great cameras that send it right to your phone. Um, they're reasonably priced and, you know, they work out great for me. It, it definitely lets me know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and you know, you know, when the deer are moving, when they're out there, that's something to be paying attention to. So anyway, like I said, we'd love to see what you guys are doing and hear any tricks that you guys have, but Otherwise, any ideas, you can email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Um, you can, uh, you know, let us know uh, things you want to hear about. 
things that you know you want to let us know. Uh, otherwise, I would say stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self Defense Radio Network. Ooh.